0: Hello, friends. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable inviting you to stay tuned to this edition of Let's Talk About Jesus right here on WMAF, your hometown radio station in cowboy country, right there in North Florida, South Georgia. If you're driving down the interstate, keep your hands on the wheel and care, eyes on the road, but open your ears and open your heart as long as you can get this signal, we pray that you will join us with this study in the Word of God today. Amen. I believe it's going to be a blessing to you because there's a blessing on God's Word. And that's... The source of our teaching and our preaching is the Holy Bible. And we're just so grateful today for the Holy Spirit that goes to work when the Word of God, when we're exposed to the Word of God, whether we're reading the Bible or whether we're hearing it taught or preached, when the Scriptures come forth. uh, The Bible said all Scripture, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. Literally, that means all Scripture is given. God breathe, Hallelujah! And I'm telling you, that if God can take and fashion a clay into the form that of that of a human being, and then breathe into that clay and bring it, uh, put a soul in it, Hallelujah, and make it come alive according to His will and purpose. I want you to know God can breathe life into your faith today, life into your your situation and. Circumstances. Circumstance. He can bring life into your hopelessness and hope can come alive today and you can become a prisoner of hope before this broadcast is over and you can know that God is faithful and that God loves you and there's no one too far for him that if you reach up to him that he can't reach down and take a hold of your hand today and pull you out of the miry clay. Amen. Well, we have a, a good message to bring you today because it touches uh, d- touches the depth of our soul, particularly those of us that have been through or are going through deep valleys in our life. Uh, there is there is a victory that is, that is God-granted, God-given, and others have received it, not because they had necessarily greater faith, not because necessarily they had a a smooth life and didn't need such grace and help from God, but because they discovered and put into practice in their own life certain keys that brought them into victory to help them, (laughs) really to put it this way, to, to help God to help you, praise God, by simply beginning to believe Him and trust in Him anew. And afresh, I remember the movie uh, some years ago where there was a, an agent for a football player, and uh, Tom Cruise was the agent. And you may remember it. And one of the most famous lines in the movie, because the football player kept messing up, and Tom Cruise was trying to help him to straighten out and get good contracts and good raises for him. And he began to to holler at him and say, "Help me." To help you. Well, God doesn't need any help helping you in your circumstance. He needs you to believe Him and trust Him so that He can. God honors faith because faith honors God. So, we're going to talk about discouragement today and we're going to talk about how to recover. From a wounded spirit, this is the third edition, and uh, we're reading from psalm seventy seven It is a psalm of asaph, uh, and uh, it's one of those psalms and Asaph is one of those people that went through valleys, he went through discouragements, he went through doubt, not unlike David or unlike any of the rest of us and listen to what he said in psalm seventy seven I cried unto God with my voice, even to God with my voice, and He gave ear to me. In the day of my trouble, I sought the Lord. My sore ran in the night, and ceased not. My soul refused to be comforted. I remembered God, and was troubled. I complained, and my spirit was overwhelmed, Salah. Thou holdest mine eyes waking. I'm so troubled I cannot speak or literally I cannot pray. I have considered the days of old, the years of ancient times. I call to remembrance my song. I call to remembrance my song in the night. I commune with mine own heart and my spirit made diligent search. Will the Lord cast off forever? And will he be favorable no more? Is His mercy clean gone forever? Doth His promise fail forevermore? Hath God forgotten to be gracious? Hath He in anger shut up His tender mercies? And I said, this is my infirmity, but I will remember the years of the right hand of the Most High. I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember thy wonders of old. And I will meditate also of all thy work and talk of all thy doings. I will remember the works of the Lord. I will remember. And we need to remember and rehearse every act of God, every redemptive act, every prayer that's ever been answered, uh, when we are going through a, a place in our life, a deep valley of doubt uh, that can indeed lead to despair if going unchecked, uh, we need to remember what the Lord has done. Amen. Proverbs eighteen fourteen, which is our, our text for the context of all of this teaching simply says the spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity, but a wounded spirit who can bear? A wounded spirit who can bear? That's beyond mental torment. That's beyond emotional turmoil. That's when our very spirit uh, begins to to lose hope and to question God's love and God's faithfulness. And when an answer is delayed, you see, God's delay is not necessarily His denial. That's why the Scripture is very clear in Hebrews chapter 10, beginning with verse 32. After you were illuminated, it says, you fought a great fight of afflictions. It goes on to say, but you have need of patience, that after you've done the will of God, that you might receive the promise. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. But you need patience, that after you've done the will of God, after you have put your trust in Him, you have sought Him, you have made Him your source, and you have prayed and, and earnestly, fervently sought His face. After you've done that, we have need of patience. Sometimes I get up in tongue-in-cheek, but seriously, at the same time, I say, Lord, I need patience and hurry. Because impatience is intrinsic to our flesh nature. We don't operate in eternity. We operate in time. And sometimes when you're suffering or when you're hurting, I don't know if you've ever had a bad toothache. I've had a toothache that kept me up all night, couldn't get a wink of sleep, couldn't get any relief from it, couldn't wait. For the dentist office to open to get in on an emergency basis and and either get it fixed or yanked one or the other, but it seems like uh, uh an hour is almost like one hour is like eight hours in, in when you're in pain, and there is mental and and emotional pain that when we pray and there's any kind of space. Between the time we pray and the time we sense the goodness and the grace and the strength and the help from above. our oh, friend of mine, we need in those times to make sure that we remember every time God did answer. And not just in our own life, but in the life of other people that we know. We need to hear those testimonies to remember what the Lord has done. Amen. And then we need to direct our thoughts to the good things of God. Verse 12 said, I will meditate upon all of thy work. Literally, it's keeping our focus and our thoughts upon the truth about God. Amen. You know, Paul put it this way. He summed it up. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are pure and holy and of good report, if there be any if, if there be any anything that is praiseworthy and lovely, think on these things, literally to stay focused on the goodness and the greatness and the graciousness of God. That's why Psalm one hundred four thirty four said my meditation of him shall be be sweet. And Psalm ninety four nineteen reviewing last week says, and a multitude of my thoughts within me, thy comforts delight my soul. Hallelujah. Amen. And it's in that condition of remembering his goodness, remembering. See, t- Psalm 27 and verse 13, I believe it is. It's where David said, I had fainted. I had been crushed by the pressures of life and the particular problems in my life in this time of my life. I had fainted i had I had given in, given up see it was it was about to touch his spirit and would have, but here's what he said: I had fainted. this giant killer that could kill the threat without was battling a giant within far more dangerous. Then that, that Philistine giant, under God's anointing and God's power, that giant fell when that stone hit him probably in the forehead. And, and instead of knocking him backwards, he fell forward, and and, and David rejoiced in his God. And, and it seemed so simple for David to believe God when he saw the size of this man, said, You come to me with sword and spear, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Jesus. God of Israel. There was no doubt in his mind that God would grant him the victory. But when he was emotionally and mentally under pressure, and that pressure was unrelenting seemingly for a season, he said things like, oh, that I had the wings of a dove. Then I would fly away to the wilderness and be at rest and hasten my escape from the windy Storm and tempest. Where was that storm and tempest? Well, it was a storm of circumstance, but it was creating, the storm without was creating a storm within. You see, when you pray, sometimes, like in the New Testament, Jesus spoke to the storm without, and He said, Peace be still, and immediately there was a great calm. And God doesn't always speak to the storm without immediately. But He always and immediately when we put our trust in Him and have faith in Him, He will speak to the storm within. And He will speak peace to the troubled waters of your soul and the troubled waters of your mind. The Holy Spirit is very active when when we put our trust in the Lord to manifest what He wants to grant us, what He's promised to give us. He said, I'll never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will go with you all the way. No matter what we go through, we never go through it alone. You know, it's not an if in Scripture. In the old covenant, it said, when you go through the fire, when you pass through the fire, it will not kindle on you (laughs) because I'm with you. And when you go through floods and they overwhelm you, you will not drown in them. You won't drown in them because I am with you. So it's not the absence of problems and pressures. It's the presence of God that brings that peace into our heart and into our life. And it's hard to sense His presence when, when we are so overwhelmed and that's why we need to remember. I love the way this, this Psalm puts it. Because it said, I will remember. I will remember. I will recall to mind. I will meditate. I will. I will be glad in the Lord. Praise God. Amen. So we want to, to, to Clarify today that we we have the power to focus our mind, regardless of how tore up we are emotionally. And we have the power to focus our mind. That's why the Bible said that we're to look to Jesus in the new covenant, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. Let me jump back to Psalm 27 for just a moment. David said, I had fainted unless I believed to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. You know, it's going to be wonderful there. We sing the great Christian hymn, won't it be wonderful there? Having no burdens to bear, walking and talking with Christ, the supernal one, won't it be wonderful there? When we get to heaven, won't it be wonderful? Listen, Friend, we're not there yet. You know that. I don't have to tell you that. We're not in the sweet by and by. We are in the nasty here and now. But we have a promise from God and from Christ Himself that He will be with us no matter what we face, no matter what we go through, that He will grant us special grace. He will grant us strength beyond anything that we can in in, in and of ourselves bring forth. He will grant it to us. Praise God. Amen. And He will do it when we begin to refocus our trust and faith in Him. By remembering what he's done and meditating on on his works and the person who did those works and why he did it. Why he did it. God is a loving Heavenly Father. And Jesus kept reiterating that throughout the Scripture. He said, if you, being evil, literally, we, in and of ourselves, in our flesh, uh, we we are not holy people in and of ourselves. We're not good enough. There's a selfishness built in. It's intrinsic to every person. And he said, if you, being evil, therefore, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more, how much more will your heavenly Father Give good things to them that ask Him." If your son that you love asked for a fish, would you give him a stone? If he asked for bread, would you give him a serpent? No, you wouldn't. You would give him uh, because you love him and care for him. You would respond to him and give him what was necessary for him and needed by him. Praise God. He said, if you can do that for your children, how much more can your heavenly Father and will your heavenly Father Give good things to them that ask Him. But we have to ask in prayer believing and the enemy of your soul, and I'm not just talking about Satan, the devil. I'm talking about our own flesh, our own mind many times, uh, begins to reason and say, if God loved you, why, why would He let you go through this? He must not love you. Listen, don't interpret the trial that you're going through as God not loving you. Get your eyes off of of your circumstance long enough to see Jesus hanging on the cross by His own volition, hanging there in agony beyond anything that I can imagine. And I've read the doctor's reports on his suffering and tried to somehow identify with that kind of pain and pressure. And I just can't do it. But, oh, friend of mine, that's why the New Testament said, laying aside every sin and weight that does so easily beset us, let us run the race that is Run it with patience, with perseverance that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. Consider Him that suffered such a great contradiction of sinners against Himself, lest you become weary and faint in your own mind. Now we're talking about recovering from a wounded spirit. But if if our mind is focused... ...on ourself and begins to imagine and believe and doubt that God loves us and begin to count Him as unfaithful. And you can see it. It was happening here in this psalm. Will Will you never be kind to us? Has your mercy ceased or has every promise failed? It was beginning to get to His Spirit. But in that depth of despair... He said, I will remember your works. I will meditate upon them. Amen. I will keep focused. And then he said something else. He said, I will talk in verse 12 of all thy doings. I will speak and proclaim the works of God constantly. God says for us to speak up, to declare, and publish His mighty deeds and His loving kindness. In Psalm 26 and verse 7 It says that I may publish with the voice of thanksgiving and tell of all thy wondrous works. I like the paraphrase, the modern paraphrase. It said, singing a song of thanksgiving and telling of all your miracles. We must maintain a positive confession. You know, the New Testament says to hold fast your profession of faith without wavering for he is is faithful that promised and that word profession uh, uh, or con- confession is literally confession and that word in the in the greek is to say the same thing as another there's something about declaring the word of god in your mouth speaking it out loud, that your own spirit. I, I don't. I don't just read the Bible and let my mind begin to comprehend what I'm reading without speaking. Sometimes I speak it out loud as I'm reading it, particularly when I'm going through a trial and a test, and I, I'm not just. I'm proclaiming it. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Psalm one hundred and three. And verse 2, 3, and 4 says it this way Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, and who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, and who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, and who satisfies thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth, is renewed like the eagles. Friend of mine, it's a threefold blessing. When we give God glory by talking of His doings, we bless the Lord, and we bless our own soul, and we bless others who hear us. I want to say that again. We bless the Lord. Bless the Lord, O my soul, but in blessing the Lord... I love the song by Truth that was uh, came forth years ago uh, about uh, glorifying God in song and in praise and in worship. And it said, we get lifted up when we praise the Lord. Oh, friend, I can't lift Him up and not have my own soul lifted up. And when I lift Him up with my mouth and others hear of it, then others are blessed. It's put beautifully in Psalm 40 and verse 3. It said, And he hath put a new psalm in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear and trust in the Lord. To glory in the Lord means to boast in Him, to brag on Him. This is not pride-filled self-confidence. This is this is. This is truth-filled faith speaking. I will boast in my God. I will glory. Paul said, I will even glory in the cross. I will boast in the cross. I won't let it get me down that I'm going to be persecuted and ostracized and criticized because I'm following Jesus. I'll glory in the cross because by it, I am crucified to the world and the world is crucified to me you know what he's really saying there it, i i am now totally identified with Jesus and not this Christless godless world and culture that Satan is reigning over and influencing i am truly a follower of Jesus and i've got the persecutions and the criticisms and the, and the spiritual battles that ensue to prove that praise god he wore his persecutions criticisms trials and tests as a badge of authenticity <laughs> hallelujah amen and he didn't express his apostleship through some kind of of telling of his own greatness or spirituality he expressed his apostleship through the marks and the scars of all of the persecution, in particular, the beatings that he had received for the sake and the jailings and all the other threatening things for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because none of these things got to Paul's spirit. Now, he came close like all of these people, but he came up and he came out. I love the candid forthright uh, uh, Atmosphere uh, that is always found in the truth of Scripture. Nothing is hid, and the humanity of all of these great men and women of God come forth, but the divinity, the grace, and strength of God that sustain them comes forth as well. The Apostle Paul wrote to the church at Corinth, and he said, I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning the trouble we had in Asia, how we were pressed beyond measure and despaired of life itself. Ah, friend, you're not the only one to be overwhelmed. You're not the only one to find yourself in that d- dark cloud ascending, depression, verging on despair. Others have been where you are, and they cried unto the Lord. They refocused their mind and faith toward the Lord, and the Lord brought them out in His timing, in His wisdom, and in His way. But the Lord brought them out, and I submit He will bring you out today. Listen to the words of Paul. This great apostle of Christ wrote 13 books of the 27 of the New Testament. Roughly half the books of the New Testament are attributed to Paul, and yet Paul said, I was in a place... Down in Asia, it got so rough, he said, "...we despaired of life itself, that I might learn not to trust in myself, but in God who raises the dead." Hallelujah! Hallelujah! God brought him out, and he didn't bring him out beleaguered and battered and beaten. His body might have suffered some of those scars, and surely did, but not his spirit. It never never got to his spirit. Because he put his focus upon the Lord. And he said, I'm going to glory in the cross. Hallelujah. It identifies me with Jesus. I'm going to glory in the persecutions. For when I am weak, then am I truly made strong. So today, friend, wherever you are, do not despair. God loves you. Don't let the devil tell you and don't let your own mind tell you. Oh, friend, get back in the book. Get back in the Bible. Go go back to to Christian broadcast and listen to testimonies. Uh, Remember a friend's testimony. And don't feel bad and say, well, God must really love them. They have great faith and God, God did it for them, but for some reason He don't love me. He won't do it for me. No, no, no. If God ever did it, He will do it again. Because he's the Lord God of Israel and he changes not. And if God ever did it for anybody, he will do it for you. Because God, the scripture declares, is no respecter of persons. God loves you today. I don't know what you're facing. I don't, I don't stand in your shoes. But it's not just you that have been where you are. Others have been where you are. And God Has been faithful. And God. Has brought them out. And God has taught them. Through the circumstance. Of just how faithful he is. And God has developed patience. And mighty warriors for him. That would stand their ground. Standing still. In the midst of chaos and crisis. Because they know. If I stand in my standing. If I stand in my faith. God. Is going to respond. Don't know how. Don't know when. But this I do know. God. Is going to help me. God. Is going to deliver me. And friend. God. Is going to deliver you today. I don't know how. I can't tell you when. But I'm telling you. He that shall come will come. And he will not. Tarry. Hallelujah. Put your trust in him. Put your trust in Him today. If you're a Christian today and you're going through those trials that make you doubt and fear, God is not going to back off because of that doubt or that fear. He's going to draw nigh to you. Open your heart. Sense His presence again. Go back to church. Open your Bible again. And if you're not a Christian today, come to Jesus And receive Him as your Savior. Well, our time is gone. Would you come back next week? And let's talk about Jesus.